So the year 2020, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Night, night, 2020. It's kind of crazy to say that, actually. Uh, yeah. Because it's the year that's gone on forever and ever. Obviously, a lot has happened in the world in so many ways. It has been maybe the strangest year of my life. I don't know. It's possible. It's certainly in recent memory. Yes. Probably ever for most people. We can have our uh, personal experiences, which can vary from year to year. But as far as a shared experience, global shared experience, this one takes the cake. A lot of emotions. Here's the thing, though, Will. When you go really low, it gives you a lot of space to climb. Yes. It gives you, there's, there's, there's more up than there's ever been. Yeah. Potentially. Potential's good. However, since we are saying goodnight to 2020, it's important to remember the tech that died in 2020. So we have an article here from PC World. This is by Ian Paul. He has highlighted some of the tech which will no longer be with us heading into 2021. And you're going to have some fond memories as we go through this list here. Well, okay. Are you ready? Seems fun. Number one is Farmville. (laughs) (laughs) Farmville is going away because Flash is going away. Oh. And I don't know if you remember this game. Zynga, this was... How about 62 million people signed up to play the game? Talking about a tremendous success story that went from 62 million to zero in in a short period of time, relatively speaking. Incredible how trendy these types of things can be. This was a an always-on type of game that plugged into Facebook that would notify you at all times that you're... I don't know, your crops needed to be watered. and I don't even know how this game got as big as it did, but people got addicted. It was the various mechanisms in play. It's a management-style game. It brought people to Facebook. And so Facebook didn't mind. They said, all right. And I think Zynga had some crazy evaluation at the time, a game in which you would grow virtual crops and livestock with the freedom to design your, your very own farm as you wanted. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's over. The company announced that as of December 31st, 2020, Farmville would drift into the sunset along with the rest of the Flash-based world. Hmm. Here's another RIP for 2020, Google Play Music. Now, I don't know if you ever used Google Play Music. I did for a period of time. They used to include it, some other subscription that Google did across various services. I don't know about the name. They had the Play Store, Google Play Music. It kind of made sense, but they have recently made this really strong push into YouTube music, Mm -hmm. bringing everything under that heading. And there was, I guess, no need. It was redundant having this Google Play Music once they brought everything over. Mm -hmm. Once they brought everything over to YouTube music, there was no need for it to exist. And it took a little while for some of those, for all the features to show up, but they're there now. And so it's uh, it's the end for this particular app. I don't know how I feel about it totally. I'm The YouTube music thing, well, for one, it does something that's irritating me recently. What's that? I manage more than one YouTube account. And if I am on the desktop, and I got a web browser version of YouTube Music open, and I'm just sifting through the YouTube Music as you would be doing. If I switch my YouTube accounts on a separate window, it will pause my YouTube Music and say, you have logged into another account, blah, blah, blah. But I switch accounts in any given day 50 times. Yeah. So this is terrible. If I was playing a song on YouTube directly in a browser window, just just playing my Chopin. Okay. Yeah, I might be playing some Chopin. Yeah. It's playing this morning. Then it will remain playing no matter how many times I switch between accounts. So yeah. I know that they can do it and I don't. This is a terrible feature. Uh, Google, YouTube, listen up. 
Don't stop. I never want the music to stop when I'm working and shifting between accounts. I know it's a specific thing for me, and, yeah, and, and I'm over here complaining, and nothing's going to, maybe something's going to change. I can't be the only one uh-huh. complaining about this. Maybe I am. Next one, Nintendo 3DS. You've probably seen one of these in your life. Very popular. Hugely popular. But believe it or not, it came out all the way back in 2011. Uh-huh. Nintendo is crazy. They keep making these things for nine years. And but wildly popular, and they you know they kept on making it attractive by adjusting the packages that it would come in and the price point and everything else relative to the other products. Uh, it was innovative at the time. It was right around the 3D hype train for TVs, which never went anywhere. And obviously for gaming, it really didn't go anywhere either. But I remember when I first took a look at it, I was like, that actually works without glasses. Yeah. It's actually 3D. Yeah. And it was the dual screen experiment. Nintendo has never been afraid to experiment with formats uh-huh. as far as games, game consoles, games, things like this. The Switch is another example of it. The Wii was a Wii. crazy thing when it came out. And... Uh, the 3DS was the same. It sold 76 million units, but it's, uh, yeah, it's done for now. They're going to stop selling it. So that's another loss as far as 2020 is concerned. At least in the case of Nintendo, you have lots of new stuff to choose from. Another one, if you scroll down a little further, it's interesting to me, Chrome apps. I don't know if you ever experienced a Chrome app. It's the next one down there. There you go. This is like when an application does a web-based application doesn't have an application for your operating system. They only have the web version. Actually, it would be the way we're using that new app, Twist, something like that. Where shout out Twist. <laughs> Expect that. Uh they don't have a desktop application. It's just a web browser-based application. And so it would be this, this wrapper around the website to make it act more like a native app. Right, yeah. And I don't know what I don't know why they're getting rid of it. I think, well, I mean, you have their, your, their quote there. Significant pro- progress has been made, made in the modern web and its ability to deliver first-class user experiences. Yeah, of course. The modern web is great, but I think it's more along the lines of they want you in Chrome, in real Chrome as much as possible. If that means keeping your applications inside the browser, uh-huh. your emails that are already there and your messaging app and whatever else, then why do they want to give you this desktop style? Tw- uh, TweetDeck, I think, uses something like that, yeah. if I recall correctly. It's just like the web interface rewrapped, so maybe that'll be lost in the shuffle. But anyway... It's not, this has nothing to do with extensions, by the way. No, no. That's what I was thinking at first. Although, just based on previous experience with software development a little bit. uh, Whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa, 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 whoa. Jeez. Very loud. Give us the backstory, Will. No, uh, (laughs) just uh, putting anything in like wrappers is. uh, Yeah, it's nasty. It it could be pretty intensive. Like resource intensive. Yeah, it's nasty. Kind of buggy as well. So yeah, it's not the way Back it's in in my days, so. intended to be used. So any, I don't think anyone's gonna cry over that. I'm sure somebody will actually. Somebody will be like, I use Maybe, that yeah. exact function all the time. Yeah. Anyway, Mixer. Remember Mixer? Barely. Yeah. Yeah, Mixer's getting shut down, for real. It was weird because it, it got. I mean, they had this huge launch and then. It never took off, and then Microsoft was like, I don't know, should we be in this game at all? And then they sold it, right? Did they not? They sold Mixer to Facebook, I recall, and then, but, but then it partnered with Facebook Gaming. I guess they just integrate into Facebook Gaming, and, and then and then the, the Mixer name dies off. Right. That appears to be the what way that they've done it. Mixer.com. Look at that. I mean, we got a guy playing Call of Duty Warzone right now. Facebook gaming. Unbelievable. Uh, redirects the Mis- uh, Mixer.com redirect. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of a cool story when it happened. People were trying to track some of those contracts and things that were going on. Uh-huh. With, uh, with Was Ninja going to get paid his money? What about Shroud? And, of course, those guys, they went back to Twitch after it was all said mm-hmm. and done. It didn't appear to be all that restricted on what they could do. Uh, the other one, Flash Player in and of itself, which we kind of talked about initially with the 
Farmville game. So Flash is over. And it feels like it's been dying for a while. We've talked about it being over yeah. multiple times. And the last one I want to cover here, Amazon Echo. Look, this is a product that I never even knew existed. This was a product, Alexa-powered, Echo Look camera, was a selfie camera that would offer fashion advice based on what you were wearing. Oh, that's very specific. Very specific, and I can't believe I never heard about yeah. it because it's, well, yeah, it is so specific and different. The fashion advice was a mashup of machine learning and fashion specialists that would judge your look based on color, shape, fit, and, of course, shoes. Crazy. Uh, anyways, it was 200 bucks. It appears that it did not catch on, mm. and that's another RIP 2020. So there's some tech that's no longer going to be with us moving into 2021, but we have so much upside. We're not going to be too upset about it. No. It's only up from here, 2021. Today's sponsor, Audible. You know, Will, I've been an Audible user for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I like to listen to history books. I like to listen to books on Zen, actually. Zen? Calm. Yeah, that's right. You didn't know that. No. Beginner's mind. You didn't know that? No. You know, I got to keep it. I keep it locked in every so often. Sometimes I, I like to go back to uh, some old favorites, too. I'll, I'll, I'll listen again. And, you know, sometimes you're in the car and you want something to listen to, but you want to feel as though it's time well spent, particularly if you have a long trip or a commute or something like that. Yeah. You won't feel like it's time well spent. Uh-huh. It's a tremendous learning opportunity. This is the way I look at it, at least. I mean, it could be an entertainment opportunity, but for me, mostly, it's a tremendous learning opportunity in the car, and I want to I use that time. I'm short on time. Uh, I want to use that time. Sometimes I'll chill and do nothing, but I want to use that time. And so I'll throw on the Audible, and I feel like I'm. Uh, it's not a waste having sat there because I get to catch up on something that in my day-to-day -day life I might miss, uh -huh. which is reading. And I get to do that in the form of audiobooks via Audible. So I've been an uh, Audible member for a really long time. Very happy to have them as a sponsor of the show. If you yourself want to give it a try, you can get your first six months for only $4.95 a month. And that's in all you can listen. Audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. They have podcasts on there as well. And that's the Audible Plus plan all you can listen audiobooks that's pretty wild now of course on the platform you can also just do it a la carte if you choose to yeah but that's pretty tremendous like all you can listen you can really buffet. catch up and you know what uh, this the situation we find ourselves in right now is the perfect time to be doing something like this because people do have uh you know they're around the house yeah maybe just cleaning people are cleaning you know, up they're chores. doing uh, home improvements you yep. throw the audiobook on, why don't you? Mm -hmm. And uh, you multitask, I, I love it. So go ahead and give it a shot and catch the deal. Don't forget the deal. Visit audible.com slash Lulater or text Lulater to 500-500. Once again, that's audible.com slash Lulater or text Lulater to 500 500 to get Audible Plus for 4.95 a month for your first 6 months. You got that, Will? Don't miss this one. You get to you get to test out all you can eat, sir. Yeah. Imagine what you might listen to. Mm. Our next our next sponsor Warby Parker. And you're a big Warby Parker guy. I got spectacles right here. From Warby Parker. Yes. That was yes. unreal. <laughs> they reach out and I was like, wait a second, Will, you're the you're a Warby Parker guy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And you're and you're like e you're like, that's me. <laughs> you got me. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Warby Parker, innovative company. I remember hearing about Warby Parker uh, years ago when they first jumped on the scene. New innovative idea. Why can't you buy the glasses from home? 
why did the glasses have to be so expensive as well? Uh -huh. You would go to the, to the local spot, all of a sudden you got this bill, what is it, $500 or something for the glasses, mm -hmm. and you're upset. Mm -hmm. And you're wondering, you stare at the glasses, you're like, how did they cost that much? What exactly happened here? Yeah. But it's more to the story as, uh, as far as the traditional retail is concerned for glasses. And they knew they could disrupt it. So they go in there and they say, no, no, no. We're, we want to give you the same quality. We want it to happen at your house. We want you to do the whole experience online. And so they, well, they've got an app where you can do a virtual try-on. But even better than that, they'll just send you five frames to try on for free in the comfort of your own home. And nowadays, you need to do as much as you can from the comfort of your own home. Now, glasses, it's kind of a picky thing. It is, yeah. And so you really want to try it on anyway. Mm -hmm. And to get five frames sent to the house, it gives you a nice variety. You get to try a few different styles. And then when you land on one, boom, you pick it up. Or you send them all back. No problemo. Yeah. Send all five. Do it over again. Do whatever you want to do. So it's a really, it's an innovative approach to glasses and the uh, the prices are affordable as well. I don't know if you want to click on anything on the website there if it's if it's regional or not, but they have a there's an emphasis on affordability to starting ninety five dollars. Mm. So you're not paying those crazy fees that you've seen at some of the traditional retail places. Yeah, single vision. I mean, look at that. Starts at ninety five dollars. Will he do? And there's also an end of year treat. You can save fifteen percent. When you purchase two or more pairs of Warby Parker prescription eyewear, including eyeglasses or sunglasses, limited time offer ending very soon. Actually, ending today. Oh. So you got a limited time. You got a limited time. Very limited. A limited time discount right there. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. No obligation to buy. Ships for free and includes a prepaid return label. All you have to do is go to warbyparker.com slash later. Do not forget the later portion. That's warbyparker.com slash later. And Will, what, what can you say? Personal experience. I would say... Uh the whole online experience was pretty easy, you know, like just buying glasses online and then checking the status of exactly when it's uh, be able to ship out. But even the production side of things when they're actually making the glasses. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty innovative. I yeah, would say. there's some tech pretty quick, some tech involved in the process. Yeah. Finally modernizing the process of getting your glasses. Mm hmm. Apple is negotiating a settlement with Prepair after opposing its pear-shaped logo. You remember this story. We talked about this story. This we, company. Yeah, we agreed that it didn't. It's ridiculous. The same. We agreed that it was ridiculous. <laughs> That's all that was. Come on now. Especially the size of Apple. Once the story hit, I was like, oh, Apple should squash this right away. This is a bad look. You're going and strong-arming the little pear company. They don't even do anything similar at all. Prepare is a spinoff of the Super Healthy Kids service. It offers healthy recipes and digital grocery list through a mobile app. They're trying to keep the kids healthy. Sheesh. A good cause, too. Like, come on. I know. And yeah. they have a good name. Remember, I like the name, Prepare. Yeah. yeah. They have a lot going for them. But uh, Apple originally said, hey, we don't like that trademark we don't like your pear-shaped logo and uh we don't like your minimalistic fruit design with a right angled leaf that's the quote right there see the leaf also made them angry although i mean you can look at this for yourself it's a bit ridiculous it's a pear obviously and uh how many ways can you outline a pear if you want to call yourself pre-pear i don't know but here's the good news it looks like they're going to sort it out and uh, the parties are actively engaged in negotiations for the settlement of this matter. Apple Inc. requests that the proceeding be suspended for 30 days to allow the parties to continue their settlement efforts. So they're going to settle somehow by the looks of it. Of course, the lawsuit, I guess it kicks back in if the settlement is not reached in that 30-day period. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the settlement could be. If you're, I guess maybe some cash. I guess that's how it works. Maybe Apple could say, all right, 
I understand you don't want to change your logo. You got a fun little brand over there. What if we give you X number of dollars? Then would you change your logo? Mm. Like maybe that could be something that they could settle on or yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, no. What the agreement would would have to look like? Because if you're prepare, you don't you want to hang on to your logo. It's tough to change a logo completely. It's your it's how people are aware of your brand. You know. Yeah. I don't know what they would demand, and I don't know what Apple would demand. But anyways, they're working it out. It's bad for everybody if they can't get it sorted out. It's just not a good look for mm-hmm. Apple. This poor little company over here. Yeah. Tesla's reputation is looking good in. China, and this was a big question mark, and people wondered, okay, you, 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 what do you think? You're going to drop a gigafactory everywhere you go? You're going to hop on a plane, show up in a place, snap your fingers, gigafactory car. Is yep. that what you're going to do, Mr. Elon Musk? So people were a bit skeptical that, like, could you replicate what you've done elsewhere? And it turns out that JD Power in China, the China, China uh, division... They do, just like everywhere else, they do the initial quality survey. Mm-hmm. And the way this works, actually, is that you want to get a low a low score, not a high score. Mm. You know some games you want to get a low score? Name a game you want to get a low score, not a high score. Score? Uh, I was thinking Tetris, but that is a score. Like, you got to get a high score. I'm just thinking low because you don't want any bricks. Golf, Will. You want to get a low score in golf. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I don't play golf. So, (laughs) Is that the obvious answer? I don't know if that was. I was thinking like a digital game. I know. It's always high. It's always high, which it's it's actually not that many games that you yeah, want to get a low tough, score. Man. Come on now. What's that? It's tough. To it is, yeah. It's a tough it's a tough one. It's not game. that many games, which is why golf is strange. You want to take as few shots as possible, and a great score is a negative score. Like you yeah. want to be in the minus. Yeah. So anyway, that's you know uncommon in sports and games that a low score is good. Well, anyway, in JD. A powers survey, a low score is good. It means fewer initial problems, quality problems with a particular product, and they do all kinds of products, uh, or cars mostly. I don't know if they do other products. But anyways, Tesla came in second just behind its rival Neo, 113 points compared to 109 for Neo. Tesla says that its manufacturing process is managed based on the highest standards and in a consistent manner. And to, just just to put this in perspective, this is people had expectations that this might not be the case with a new plant and things like this. You know, you've heard some of the quality issues even domestically with uh-huh. the Model Y re- recently, and so it was kind of a little toss up. But it feels like they got the Model Three thing figured out. Whether it's over there in the Shanghai plant or if it's over here, it seems like they sort of got it figured out. Tesla Model Three is well received by Chinese consumers as its design and performance beat their expectations in many aspects, said Jeff Kai, general manager of auto product practice at JD Power China. In terms of driving experience and digital connectivity, conventional car brands now have a lot to learn from smart EV makers like Tesla. The quality survey could actually help Tesla as well to continue to dominate in the Chinese market, which is not easy to do as an American brand. There's not that many that are doing it. Apple comes to mind, although their revenue has been declining in China. Uh, It's tough. There's so much competition in China for EVs. Mm -hmm. It's out of control, but people like Teslas and uh, they're delivering a product that is meeting people's initial quality standards. And now that people know that, it's only going to make it more appealing in that particular market. Wonder how much it is for a Model Three in China. Uh, Mod- I, you know what? We can we can find it. Why don't we get right to the bottom of that? Okay. Model Three price in China. 
I would assume, Will, it would be competitive to here, like considering grand? the fact that the plant is right 35 there. Grand? Uh, 36,000. There you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 36,800 to start. And so, I guess the Gigafactory in Shanghai does make the difference. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no import. There's nothing. It's right there. Right, it's ready yeah. to go. You have the local labor and the government, the local government loves it. Hmm. I don't know how much they love it, but you know what I'm saying. They prefer it yep. for obvious reasons, employment and such. So those, uh, if you had concerns, if you're in that market or if you're an investor, it turns out that the quality of the Shanghai Model 3s is comparable to where everywhere else they're being made. Mm-hmm. Uh, global app spending, my goodness gracious, reached 470, 407 million on Christmas, over 100 billion, hang on a second, over 100 billion collectively this year in consumer spending on the Google Play and iOS app store. It's a lot of dough. And on Christmas, 407 million, growing 35% over the previous year. 35% from 2019. People are fired up. Yeah. You can see the graph here, the distribution of game purchases versus non-game. Games dominating, obviously. We have uh, 295.6 million coming via games on Christmas. And 112 million from everything else, adding to an absolutely staggering year for digital spending. Ten cents honor of kings was the category leader with approximately 10.7 million in consumer spending, up 205%. And once again, that's on Christmas. The category that generated the most revenue outside of games on both Apple's App Store and Google's platform was entertainment. So that, that throws in your, you know, your Disney Plus and your Netflix and things like this because those, pay, those payments are processed through the App Store as well, right? Uh, I've been using the Disney Plus. I mean, I told you that. Yeah. Yeah, they're billing me every month. Uh-huh. That's how it goes. Mandalorian. Yeah, that's how it goes. TikTok was the top apps in, app in terms of consumer spending that was not a mobile game, generating $4.7 million globally on Christmas. Hmm. Ads? Spending. Spending. Can I shop can in TikTok? It? I think I can shop in TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> they partner with Shopify. They partnered with Shopify. So, so I shop in TikTok and they get a piece? TikTok gets a piece? <sighs> We should really use that app to know. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. You, I think uh, either you or I would have to use I, TikTok to know exactly what's yeah. going on. Uh, anyways, Apple's App Store captured the bulk of the spending on the two platforms. It got almost 70% of the total spending. And, uh, well, that leaves about 33%. No, not 33%. 32%. Anyway, leftover for the Google Play Store. Of course, this doesn't map accordingly to the install base of both of these platforms, but it's been known for a while that as far as app spending is concerned, mm -hmm. happen a lot of it happens on iOS, Mr. Willie Do. Yeah. TikTok purchases, apparently. Maybe that's what it is. Some of those games, though. Yeah. Amazon agrees to buy podcast startup Wondery. Did you know podcasts are a big deal? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard things. Got any offers yet in the inbox there for Lou later? Amazon, Amazon, Spotify. No, actually, nobody. Possibly. They don't want to hear that. See, the audience here knows that. Sell out. You can find it. You can find Lou later anywhere. Yeah. You can find Lou later. everywhere. Everywhere, man. Yeah. I think we put it everywhere. It's pretty uh, much everywhere, right? Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcasts, Spotify. Pocket Casts, Stitcher, uh, YouTube. Did I say YouTube? I guess the big names. I guess we're everywhere. I don't know if we're on Amazon or not. We we should add that. Yeah, we yeah. probably should. Anyway, Amazon Podcast. But yeah, I like the idea of being everywhere, being accessible. But obviously, there there's some money getting thrown around. Uh -huh. And uh, it's been mostly reported on the 
Spotify side. Yeah. You giggling over there? What's going on? How much would you uh, sell this podcast for? Uh, five hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> Knew you were gonna say something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of it's been I on agree, the Spotify yeah. side. They purchased the Rogan podcast. They purchased the Gimlet podcast yeah. company, and they purchased the Ringer. Ringer, yeah. Uh, sports podcast a series of podcasts but we haven't heard as much from amazon but it appears they they want to play the game and so they purchase this podcast startup wondery now they i don't know if you listen to any of these type of podcasts but they specialize in the uh, true crime type storytelling mm. with the editing and the sound effects it's almost more kind of entertainment yeah. I, I don't know how you would it's dramatic and it's less conversational but anyway that's what they specialize in and i guess amazon wants a piece of that now we obviously talked earlier in the show amazon has the audible product they do books and audio books and so that kind of fits uh -huh. um the price of the deal has not been disclosed however wall street journal reported that the talks had valued wondery at more than 300 million well so that's not nothing that's a few dollars and i'm sure they sat there and they said to themselves all right Will become part of Amazon, no big deal. So if you're one of these uh, listeners of any of these podcasts, whether it's, I mean, they got a podcast on Wondery called Dr. Death. Doesn't that just pique your interest? Willie did. Oh, yeah. Season two. That's kind of cool. There's seasons in there now. Yeah, I think you got seasons in there. So people are really thinking about the podcast medium and doing different things with it. Yeah. And, and I find that interesting. It's a whole category. Yeah, they got a, they got a lot of podcasts going. And now they're part categories. of Amazon. Now you can find them on Amazon. It'll likely be exclusive. And that's what happens with these deals. And that's when the customer sometimes is like, well, you know, I got to have all these different platforms now. And uh, I can see some of the frustration on that. And yeah. you and I were talking about Rogan's podcast earlier today. It was saying... Oh man, it's it's a weird habit breaker to like have to open an app that I'm currently not opening, like mm -hmm. Spotify. I'm using YouTube Music, so I'm not already in. If I was already in Spotify, it wouldn't be such a big deal. But I just go to the podcast app or um, Google Podcasts or yeah. Pocket Casts or whatever podcast app you use, and Rogue is not there anymore. Uh -huh. It's kind of shock to the system. He's been there for so long. Benefits and drawbacks, you know? Benefits and drawbacks. Yeah. LG wants to use a transparent OLED display for invisible bedroom TVs. In the bedroom, Will. Do you know why, why you would want an invisible TV in the bedroom? Go ahead. So you can look out into, uh, out into the massive wilderness <laughs> where you live? <laughs> I mean, isn't that the case for everyone? Everyone lives in the massive wilderness? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's impressive. I didn't know that. Well, that's uh, that's what I think in my imaginary world. You've been on the spot today, Will. Yeah. You've been on the hot seat. Uh, you know. <laughs> How do you uh, rate your hot days. seat performance as far as this show is concerned? Probably a one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those days, I guess. They want to have it at the end, at the foot of your bed, and it can, it can be motorized and go up and down Okay. when it's not in use. I don't really know why it has to be transparent, but I suppose bedrooms tend to be places that, you're right, they have windows, they may have a view. Uh, they may be tight for space, in which case a big, like a large TV can look like a black hole or something sitting there when it's turned off transparent right. at least is a little more um a little <laughs> what's yeah. that I, I guess so um just i don't know based it's on how it how it looks here it's a bit terrifying too like you what if it's turned off but not extra like but still sitting there you might bump into it too. yeah like a glass coffee table that you yeah. constantly bang into i don't know it, it looks to me like it still has some sort of a frame around it but anyway, they're in trying to envision, they have this technology and they want it to be in the world. Obviously, they want people to buy it. 
And so they're trying to envision these use case scenarios where you might put it other than just, oh, that's cool, mm -hmm. that it can actually be better in certain circumstances. So the one that they were, the first one they're propositioning is in the bedroom. The other one is the image here in the restaurant. Now, hear me out on this one. This is how they're pitching this idea. You're at the restaurant, you're having the sushi, and it's a touch screen, yeah. and you get to pick what you want on this big transparent display. However, you can still see through the display to see the chef that's working on the food. That's cool. That's a cool use case. I you like say. that one better? Yeah, than my random <laughs> everyone gets a mountain view bedroom. That uh, <laughs> You just upgraded everyone's home, and I'm just like, what is, he, what is this guy doing right now? In a very optimistic uh, mindset. Yeah. But yeah, this is a good use case. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you're all right with that one in yeah. the restaurant. Have you seen this guy's video with the uh, the grappling gun he built? I don't know. I guess it's not Batman's grappling gun, but it's Batman has one of those. A lot of a lot of guys have these things, superhero type uh, tools. And this guy, what's funny is he uploads this video on December 11th, but then a lot of the tech websites and stuff pick it up. It shows up in my feed today, so it's starting to pick up some steam, pick up some views. As it would, I guess as it should. It looks like some hard work in there. And uh, a f a kind of a dangerous item to make, especially when you're, well, you're hanging your own body weight from this thing that you just constructed. You better hope that it uh, is fairly robust. It's a bit risky. Now, what he does in this video, uh, well, f first off, got some enormous battery cells on there. Uh, I believe he's using paracord for the cord portion, which is fairly strong. Fairly. <laughs> I mean. He has a CO2 cartridges for the launcher. And apparently the paracord is 550 pounds. So yeah, that should be fine for him. Uh, 1800 milliamp hour lithium polymer batteries. 12S. It's a beast. The thing looks like a beast. It obviously does not look anywhere near as finished as something Batman might use. But he does go go ahead and test it, and he travels to a facility, a rock climbing facility, and a trampoline facility, and he actually uses a rope for safety. If you go a little bit before this portion, you'll see, yeah, this gives you your first demonstration. So this is for safety. If the thing fails, he's still attached to the rope at the rock climbing facility, but you can see it's powerful, man. Oh, yanks, yeah. yanks him right up there. Look at him go. And then in the next segment, he goes to the trampoline portion of the facility, or it's a different facility, and he actually hooks it up to the ceiling, to, to one of the structural That's supports cool. on the ceiling. That's pretty cool. And check this out. He's like Spider-Man or Batman, or I don't know who he is, but look at him go. And then towards the end of the video, he actually tries it on a tree. And yeah, the thing works. It's hard to trust it, obviously. But it's cool in the sense to take a, a concept and turn it into a working... Was that a left-handed handshake right there? You don't see them. Wow. Often. But, a left-handed uh, handshake because he has the grapple hook on the right hand, but they were super casual about the left hand. Uh -huh. Handshake, like it was no big deal. Very comfortable. Would you call the other guy out if he was trying to shake your hand with... A left-handed handshake? Yeah. I would be very caught off guard. However, then it, I would... It, well, there might be a novel. Activate. It might be a novel experience. Like, whoa. Yeah. Get anyway. the brain functioning in a different way, tossing the left hand out there. Anyway, so he did it. Go check it out for yourself. Some of these, it turns out, some of these superhero gadgets maybe are not as unbelievable as you may have originally thought. Would I you mean, try this? On a low, I need a low height. Okay, yeah. And look, even Colin oh, Furs liked it. And yeah. he's constantly building this type of thing. He says, looks like a brilliant dude. That grapple hook looking amazing. Good luck, JT. And that's his thing. It's what he does, Colin Furs. So it's the whole community of these type of gadgets, Will. Shout out. I, the channel's called... Oh Built. my God, did I not shout out the channel? Built IRL. Built IRL. Good luck, my friend. It looks like you're... Uh, just getting started. Yeah, shout out. Built IRL. Japan's got a new solution for space junk problems. Did you know that? 
course they do. Uh, Japan's good that they're thinking about uh, space junk. You ever thought about space junk, man? It's up there. I don't. It's up there, and it stays up there. NASA estimated more than a decade ago that 95% of man-made objects in orbit, they're junk. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's junk up there. And There's not a lot up there that we actually want to be up there or need to be up there like as far as satellite material stuff like that it's mostly junk that's left over hmm. various launches and shrapnel metal things yeah. and uh, it's actually not great people are a little bit concerned that at some point if it keeps accumulating it could create problems for future space travel you'd have these like limited windows you guys sneak right, out yeah. and and um it's like a and and then prison some, of debris yeah and some stuff actually eventually could, could can enter the atmosphere and drop down. And there's a couple of examples in this particular article of a a piece of a... Let me get this right. It's a piece of a... Piece of a, a, some sort of space vehicle. Here it is. A Chinese rocket core rained down in pieces over West Africa. If its re-entry had been minutes earlier, it could have slammed into New York City. Oh. So anyway, these Japanese researchers are sa- are sitting there thinking up this idea of a wooden satellite instead. Satellites wooden made of wood. Satellite. Holy moly. Who would have thought? And the the reason for this idea is that upon re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere, it would burn up, unlike these metallic objects. Mm. So this organic material could have this kind of cool attribute that it uh, burns up. What do you think, Will? Is the future of mankind wooden satellites? Yeah, let's bring it back to wood. (laughs) That would be great. Well, the company that's proposing it is a 400-year-old woodworking company in Japan. Well. (laughs) How cool is that? Yeah. Imagine a 400-year-old company. I bet they know a lot about wood. Well said. Well said. I believe you covered it all right there. We just got to plant more trees if that's the case. You know, sustainability. According to the European Space Agency, out of 128 million pieces of debris in orbit, about 34,000 objects are larger than 10 centimeters. So most of these little metal shavings and bullet-sized things. But they travel super quick. When larger objects collide, they produce many, many smaller ones, and they can travel more than... 20,000 miles per hour. Hmm. You know what that would do to your flesh at 20,000 oh, miles per hour? I don't hour? want to imagine. Yeah. You'd be in, you'd be in trouble. Man. Oh, yeah. Do you know, Will, what the most dangerous alcohol drink is? The worst alcoholic drink for your body? You're in the hot seat. Let me put you back in the hot seat real okay. quick. Okay. Because you've been doing so well so far. I feel like this is it. This is redemption. You're going you're gonna to surprise everyone right now and yeah. nail this. Yeah. What is the worst alcoholic drink for your body? Uh, I, I heard it's absinthe, but I know <laughs> that it can be topped if it's created... Uh, something else uh, i guess it's moonshine is it moonshine wow <laughs> you're going heavy with it isn't it well this website <laughs> eat this dot com <laughs> am i right i don't know this website is a little bit more uh i don't know pg is it's a little more uh targeting the general public than the absinthe drinkers or the <laughs> Okay. You know, the moonshine drinkers of the world. It's talking more about like popular drinks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that you would get at a bar. Yeah, yeah something. You can get absinthe at a bar. You could, right? but I just yeah. mean like more well known drinks. And it takes into consideration not just alcohol contact, uh, content, but caloric content as well. Because oh. some of these drinks can be, have a ton of sugar and stuff like this and just generally be bad for you. Oh, okay. So. At the top of the list, they have uh, pina colada. Oh. Have you ever had a pina colada before? Yeah. Yeah. 
great. They're delicious, <laughs> they're yeah. Delicious. And and they're delicious because they have 650 calories. Oh, okay, that's why. 650 calories. Of course, they use the reference point in here of a Big Mac, which is 576. Mm. A Big Mac is 576. A pina colada is 650. Now, I remember young Lou traveling to, I don't know, Mexico or whatever it, whatever it would be, and just sitting at the poolside bar drinking those things. Yeah. Multiples. Multiple, yeah. And you yeah. look at the ca- uh, caloric intake, and you're like, holy moly. Plus, you got the alcohol on top of it, so... They're just saying that uh, mixed drinks are the ones to be a little careful with because you may not, first of all, you may not recognize the caloric content if you have a bunch of them. And second of all, it really hides the alcohol content as well. Yeah. And so if you're, I mean, if you take a shot of vodka or a shot of rum or something on its own, you know what you just had. Yeah. But when you hide it with the pina colada and whatever else, well, that's rum. Uh, then you could actually be consuming a lot more alcohol too. So that's all they were really going for here. Mm-hmm. But it's not really a surprise. Some other items that they add to the dangerous list, margaritas and Long Island iced teas. Basically the delicious Very type, sweet. type of drinks that have a lot of syrup or yeah. soda. and It's that combination, Will, of tons of sugar and tons of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Or it's absinthe. <laughs> yeah, it's just, or what about those uh, Clamato drinks where they have like cheeseburgers? <laughs> they have like chicken wings and hot dogs on top of the yeah, drink. Yeah, those crazy, uh, what are they? They're Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys. Yeah. Or Caesars? A Caesar is a Canadian thing. Are they? Yeah, okay. that's a Canadian twist on a Bloody Mary. Well, that's very unhealthy if they have a chicken. Well, yeah, in. but the no, the way it's normally meant to meant to be consumed is just with tomato juice and vodka. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I'm, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong, but you you understand, like from a caloric perspective, the tomato juice is going to beat out whatever the pina colada has going on. But yes, that is a different story. I mean, come on. Will's showing a picture of right now of a Bloody Mary with some cheeseburgers on it <laughs> and. and a chicken wing <laughs> pizza. And uh, I don't know why is that a thing? <laughs> Who wants that to happen? It's a full meal. But why? Why not just have it on a plate next to it? It's kind of strange <laughs> that that takes off as a, as a popular thing. <laughs> Donut. <laughs> no, that's a bagel, isn't it? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think that's a breakfast one. Because a lot of people like to have the Bloody Mary at breakfast as like a hangover oh, thing. Right. Yep. To keep it rolling. So I think, yeah. What is that? A whole chicken in there? It looks like a whole chicken. Yeah. That's too funny. That's wild, but it actually rolls into our next and last story of 2020. 10 strange animals that washed ashore in 2020. Cool. This is kind of cool. We had a giant ocean creature, giant squid with eyes that were one foot wide. That thing's enormous. We had a seven-armed octopus. Where is the eighth arm, they say. Although what they found out is it's actually just a male octopus and the eighth arm is hidden at times mm. because that's its uh, sexually functioning arm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. It's hidden. Uh, here we have a, an image of a mass die-off. Thousands of dead sea creatures, including octopuses, fish, and starfish, washed ashore in the remote Russian peninsula of Kamchatka, which... Kam- Kamchatka, I always remember from playing Risk. I believe that's one of the territories. Oh yeah. In the in the board game Risk. Anyway, you can see uh, there's a. They, it looks like they got poisoned. I guess whatever these creatures are. Although those don't even look like creatures in that image. It looks like bubbles. Like, yeah. I guess bubbles. they're jellyfish or something. Anyway, uh, apparently they originally thought it was some sort of mass poisoning event from like a man-made source, and then they realized it was actually just some nasty algae that had created the scenario. Check out the next one. Man finds giant spider dragging his pet goldfish out of pond. Did you know that spiders could roll like that? No. I mean, yeah, that poor fish. It's a big spider, I guess. If you think of the size of a goldfish, you probably wouldn't want to encounter that spider, but... uh, 
Yeah, what's it going to do with the fish? Does it eat the fish? Oh, I yeah. guess. That would take a while. I mean, the I fish is bigger than, bigger than the spider. Uh, how about a sea turtle, a green turtle caught in a net off the coast of Argentina with an upset tummy, pooped out loads of human trash, including nylon bags and hard plastics. He, he didn't know that's what it was. He assumed it was a jellyfish, seagrass, or worm or something like that. Veterinarians gave the turtle medication to help him poop, and the turtle recovered. Isn't that nice? He doesn't look happy. No, he's not happy at all, man. He's been eating nylon bags. He's like, you guys screwed me up. Come on. Poor guy. The next one is my favorite, shark versus swordfish. This is a shark that they found washed ashore with a stab wound from... Heavy. A swordfish's, uh, what is it? What is it called? Their sword. A swordfish's sword. It looks like in this diagram is called a ro rostral fragment. <laughs> oh, you're liking that? <laughs> wow, Will. You're off the rails today. <laughs> what do you like over there? <laughs> What's causing this? Is it the fragment? What What's going on here? I mean... Which term do you like there? It's just the face, like the cartoon. <laughs> like, that shark does not look happy either. No. It's, well, that shark is dead, so... Yeah. Nothing to be happy about, I no. guess. Anyway, they tried to figure out how this might happen because this is a small shark, and uh, they didn't... It would be unlikely for a conflict to happen between these two species, so they were wondering if it was some sort of a dispute over food or if it was a targeted attack or if it was a complete accident that this encounter took place. Either way, it hit the shark pretty clean and uh, looks to have wiped it out. <laughs> and, and Willie Dew is really oh, enjoying man. that one. <laughs> yeah, those are all the cool ones as far as I'm concerned. You can skip okay. the ones at the bottom. So some uh, interesting animals washing ashore in 2020. That's it, man. That's 2020. It's a wrap. Uh, what can I say? Shout out to everybody who has been a part of the uh, community here, has been a part of Lou Later for the past year, and I guess even before that. How long have we been doing this? We've been doing this for a bit now. Oh, yeah. We've been doing this for a bit now. Over 200 episodes. 2020 has been a weird year. We spent some of it together, if you've been a part of this. And, uh, yeah, I think when things are weird... It's uh, it's actually when you need to uh, have things to, I don't know, distract you from it or uh, entertain or uh, even just to hang out, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, whichever way it is that you utilize this content, we sincerely appreciate it. And as I said earlier in the podcast, one thing about being in the situation that 2020 has put us is that it leaves a tremendous amount of room to go up and so we can we can sit here and stare up at all the potential that 2021 presents us with 